Hello and welcome to the Vivo Wellness Podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Glad you're here with us today. Jarrell, it's Monday. How are you on this Monday? It may not be, it's not going to be Monday, or maybe it won't be Monday if you're listening, but it's Monday over here. Jarrell, how are you? It's Monday when we're recording. Um, I'm doing okay, I think. Um, As you know, I've been struggling with allergies this season, and it seems like this is probably going to be worse this week, so I'm not looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, that that's kicking my butt a little bit. But otherwise, I feel like it's a pretty good Monday for me. A pretty good start to the week. What about you? Well, about an hour ago, I learned that the New York City Marathon is happening. And oh. they were letting me run it. Oh, um, it's actually a pretty decent sized field, all things considered. And so that was a very nice Monday surprise. Wow. And I actually put on a New York City Marathon shirt today, like completely unaware that that announcement was going to be made. So I'm pretty sure the shirt did it. Mm. Um, so both, yeah, so like both the fact that it's happening and that's exciting. And the fact that I obviously have a magic shirt is making <laughs> Monday not so bad. It's a little okay. too hot for me right now summer kind of like came in like a wrecking ball Mm -hmm. hey Miley um where it was like 50 something degrees in the morning one day last week and then all of a sudden we were in summer so but otherwise not bad yeah good um so happy whatever day it is to everyone who is listening hope you are having a good day as well We wanted to talk today about ableism um we've spent a lot of time recently talking about a bunch of different social justice issues, mostly because of the world and what's been going on in it. But I think this is one that gets overlooked a lot, or I shouldn't say overlooked. I think people think it's a much smaller problem than it is. And so I think when people think ableism, they think like ADA accessible bathrooms or ramps or, you know, making sure that there's wheelchair accessible seating in venues, arenas, stadiums, et cetera. Um, And I think that's kind of the general vibe of people think of like ableism when like that things like that can't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's actually much broader than that. And Mm -hmm. I think it impacts more people than you, both you specifically listening and you as in the general broader you think it does. And so we wanted to shed some light on this topic And then I guess give some tips of how you can help combat this problem in your personal life Mm -hmm. um, with like friends and family that maybe you did not realize is they're impacted by this um, because it's much broader than I think most people think it is. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that this will be informative and then helpful and the people in your life who maybe are impacted by ableism and the fact that it's everywhere can, you know, breathe a little bit easier. You can help them out a little bit. Yeah. So what would you say is like the number one thing, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, that people like don't understand about this idea of ableism? Basically what it is, is accessibility, right? This idea Mm -hmm. that regardless of the body you're in or your body's abilities or, Mm -hmm. you know, anything that falls under that category that you can access with relative ease, life essentially right um so what would you say is something that you don't think people as a whole generally understand about that concept and that need that we have in society to make things more accessible i don't know like it's 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 kind of like two ideas just come to mind in that 
it's the thing that most people don't realize is that is that <laughs> right that it is it's so deeply embedded in everything just like we're you know we're having these conversations about like um i mean we specifically talked on the podcast about racism right deeply embedded in so many systems and so is ableism um and so it's like that that people don't realize that it literally is embedded in so much and but also that like it's there are little things quote unquote little things that are everyday things that really capture that that maybe a lot of us don't even have the privilege of understanding or seeing or observing. Yeah, and I think a couple thoughts come to mind when you say that is that I think, and obviously this is generalizing, nobody come at me. <clears throat> I think a lot of the topics about like racism, sexism, homophobia, a lot of the detriments that come from that feel malicious and intentional where maybe I'm giving people too much of the benefit of the doubt. And I know, again, don't come at me. I understand I'm generalizing. For ableism, I think a lot of well-intended people are not necessarily defensive about it. They just have no idea, like oblivious. I would generally agree with that. Yeah, to like a lot of the things that to them seem perfectly normal, but to right. someone else is like, actually, this is a huge stressor in my day, every mm -hmm. day, all day. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are just like, they would never have any idea right? because of, I think, the narrow definition of what people think in terms of when they think of groups of people impacted by ableism. Yeah, and yeah. that was kind of the second thing that came to mind is that I don't think people realize how narrow of a group the society is built to accommodate. Yeah. It's just so many people really impacted intense. in some way or another in the sense of like, it's just like everywhere and it goes back to this idea of like i don't think people realize that that's in fact the yes. case can i can I give you an example of when like this became very apparent for me oh sure um so because i would generally agree i think that a lot of people um who are otherwise privileged or or what we consider able-bodied able-minded etc don't think of these things unless they're presented with them um, by someone who is impacted. And so one of the, one of the early times, I don't even know if it's early, but whatever. Um, one of the times I remember really sort of clocking this was, so I don't know, I used to watch a lot of TLC back in the day. And the, the it, network, not the band. I mean, both actually, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. not contextually, that is not appropriate or relevant. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I used to watch a lot of TLC, the, the TV network a lot back in the day. And they, I used to love this show called little people, big world. And uh, yeah. okay. did you ever see that? I never saw it, but I was like, what, I know what it is. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, it didn't really like, I had never really thought about how, how kitchens are designed can be incredibly ableist. Like the default kitchen structure is incredibly ableist. Like why are countertop, why is countertop height, uh, why does that have a value? Like a standard value, right? Because, and I didn't really understand that until I watched a little person cook in their kitchen and have to adapt to an average height, an average sized kitchen. 
And like this person had to use a stool um, to reach the stove range, the stovetop. And then even that is just because of this particular person, how their body was structured, like them reaching for the back burner presented an immediate fire hazard because of the way they had to lean over the front ranges to get to the back pots. Right. And so like their shirt, like their chest was practically on the, the front burners as they were trying to reach the back burner. So I'm thinking, wow, here's this person just trying to make a meal for their family and like risking being set on fire. Right. <laughs> like, nope, nope, no. <laughs> just like every, but every meal that that's like a thing. And I'm, and I just thought about, wow, like that, that's for me really illustrated how it's like really embedded, how the concept of average and um, is really embedded and that how that creates these like real challenges for people who are, who have different levels of ability. And yeah, so that was one of the first times for me where I really clocked it and I was like, wow, I never would have thought about this because I'm an average height person. Yeah, and that actually makes me think of kind of like two things with that is that number one, for people who have an obvious disability and I'm putting yep. that I know some people have different feelings about that word so sure. whatever your feelings are that's kind of how it's generally classified yeah that even when it's obvious that a person falls under the category of needing accessibility mm-hmm. there's still so many things that like people are just like nah that's fine you deal right mm-hmm. because you think of like okay somebody who identifies as a little person, is in a wheelchair, um, is an amputee, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that you look at them and you go, yeah, okay, that's fair. You would need some type of accommodation in some situations. But then, like you said, people are designing kitchens. It's like, but you can't eat. Like, don't you figure that out for yourself. Right. Or you have to pay like three times the amount to remodel a kitchen. Right. <laughs> that's not accessibility right like that's essentially acknowledging like we see you we see you need an accommodation and we do not care right Uh, the other side of it is as well is that there are just so many people who you look at and you don't see that and so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm gonna pose this question of hypothetical like how are those people treated and then i'm gonna tell you how i know and i can answer that question Mm -hmm. um but like even people who you look at and you acknowledge accommodation required and then people are still like, nah, but light yourself on fire while you're making breakfast. Mm-hmm. Now go into the group of people who, when you look at them and the amount of people is just staggering from chronic illnesses mm-hmm. to you know any type of ailment that is not seen when a person's like just standing in front of you or like with clothes on mm-hmm. or you wouldn't know you know from just looking at their general appearance or from talking to them on the phone or on zoom like we've all been doing right it's so many people and so then my hypothetical question is like how do they manage in the world? Like, do they ever get what they need without fighting for it? Um, And I will add in personally that my experience with this has been no. Right. I was going to say probably not. (laughs) Right. No. Um, And so for people who are not familiar with us or me or the podcast or anything, um, I manage chronic pain. One of the ways that in daily life, And I also want to put a disclaimer on that we are not even going to touch on because actually this is going to be a a different podcast later on, spoiler. We're not even going to touch on the healthcare struggle um, Mm. of getting any type of treatment and what that's like, because that's a whole nother situation. So even that aside, 
one of the biggest things for me is seating Mm -hmm. Um, because seats and I don't get along very well. So in day-to-day life, there are so many things where I have to think about chairs. Like I don't like chairs. Like I don't have a passion for chairs. I'm not a furniture builder. I'm not an architect. I'm not an interior designer. What, who else works with chairs? There are other people who have like strong affinities for chairs. I I think that's about it. (laughs) All right. I'm not a chair lover is the point. Meaning I don't want to spend the vast majority of my time thinking about chairs and their construction and their space. And yet I have to, Mm -hmm. because who decided, for example, that all the chairs in a particular venue for an event have to be like next to each other to the point where like you have no room to move. Mm -hmm. Who has decided that there's only a very limited number of people who can request seating accommodations without a massive song and dance and like basically like singing for your supper and like proving that you need one. Uh, My biggest pet peeve recently, which is not new, but came up on as I was trying to buy tickets to something, let people pick their seats. Right. None of this like, oh, you'll get two seats together in the same row. No, 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 no. Like, let me pick my seat because I need a seat. Um, I had an epic battle with a concert venue local to here about getting accommodations because they started packaging aisle seats in a way where like you could only buy a minimum of four in order to get the aisle seat Whoa. or else. Yeah. Oh, you actually knew about this. This was a while Maybe ago. This was pre-COVID, right? Yeah. And then like, haha, no one was going anywhere anyway. Right. Um, but so in order to buy an aisle seat, you had to buy four tickets. And I'm like, I don't always have four people I want to go to something with. And I don't want to pay double the price. Right. And this was such an epic battle back and forth of like, well, how do I get an aisle seat? Um, it resolved itself. But like, these are things people don't think about where like, no, 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 it's not just like a convenient situation. Like I can't go to this if I don't have an aisle seat. I mean, I can, but I'm potentially setting myself up for like weeks or months of like increased pain as a result. Right. And like, usually that's not worth it. Right. <laughs> um, and so like, but people don't think about it. I'm like, oh no, it's just a luxury seat. And so we're going to package it to like make more money. No, no, actually mm-hmm. like some people need it. Um, and I'm thinking of that, you know, for whatever reason, that's a good example, not even just like for the comfort in actually sitting in your chair. Um, there are a whole host of chronic illnesses in which it requires someone to urgently use a restroom. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need an aisle seat. So they're not climbing over and negotiating with a ton of people in the row when their bladder gives out and they suddenly have to pee in the next two minutes or else they're going to pee in their pants. Right just an example, right? Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things like that where you right. never know just by looking at them and yet even, the world does not care. Yeah. Even just to add on to that, like that specific example, the thing where stores are like, you have to buy something in order to use the bathroom. Right. right? So like, it, I knew this was, I don't know if it still is like a big thing at like Starbucks, but like you would have to like the code bathroom code would be on the receipt when they gave yeah. receipts. Right. And um, or if you went, just went up and asked, they'd say, oh, it's for customers only. Right. And like, just think about like, if you have a chronic health issue, um, that requires you to have urgent trips to the bathroom. So then like either you're waiting online and hoping that you don't have a quote unquote accident right. while you're waiting in line and having to deal with that embarrassment and having your whole day changed just because there's an, I mean, this is largely the culprit, a capitalistic 
like structure that says we need to own, we you can only use our facility if we're getting money out of you or right. we're we can't make adjustments for our seating because then that's two seats we lose in this venue um so we can't charge full price so therefore you're going to buy four of them even if you don't use four of them right um it's that is that is how ableism is like in, deeply embedded in capitalism yeah, and I even, I hesitate to say, like, I am not able-bodied because, like, mm-hmm. I am. Um, and so, like, that just, and I'm not saying that to get, like, you know, sympathy points or whatever, you know, it's not for anything for my benefit. It's just that I struggle because it's such a narrow definition of what requires accommodation because, like, I am able-bodied. So it feels weird to say that I'm not, but at the same time, that doesn't minimize what I do need. Mm-hmm. And- I know a lot of people that have similar levels of need as I do feel similarly where you're like, I'm fine if people would just let me pee or would just give me a seat that doesn't feel like deaf, um, then I'm good. Right. And so it just speaks to that even like on the lowest level, let's say of needing accommodation, like it still sucks. (laughs) So I can't even imagine that if you require more accommodation or more extensive accommodation Mm -hmm. how hard that must be because like I can't even get a chair (laughs) so right right, I actually there was at one point I was at a training years ago where they had metal folding chairs which like I'm not a child in music class like please get a chair with a cushion and armrest like we're grown adults stop Mm -hmm. making people sit in terrible seats right and so that was bad enough but then they had it where they were just like so crammed next to the other person. And like, I don't know if anybody has seen a folding chair recently, but they're not a good size. Like they're not adult size chairs. They're not adult size chairs. (laughs) And so my thing is, is that, and this kind of extends into like another way in which like ableism exists is when you're talking about size. Mm -hmm. So my issue is not so much like if a larger person were to sit next to me, like that they should not be a larger person, like you do you. My thing is that the chair doesn't accommodate them. So that means they're in my space, which means I don't, I didn't have enough to begin with. And so now I am more uncomfortable. And so now we have two people that are just like miserable because you couldn't get better chairs and spread them apart. Right. And long story short, I moved the chair because I did not want this to happen because like, that's an awkward conversation. It's also a rude gesture to like have someone sit next to me and then move the chair away. Then I have to explain like, Hey, it's not you. And now I'm explaining my medical history to a stranger. Um, And I got yelled at for moving the chair. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not where the chair goes. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it disrupted if it moves from its home? Like what? And so then it leaves you with the situation in which you have to, put yourself in that situation that potentially leads to a health issue, or I'm sitting there now explaining to this person who from the outside, I look fine, Mm -hmm. why I actually need to move the chair and why it's a health related issue. And like, I don't want to tell you about my medical history. Like what? I don't know you. Right. And yet that situation comes up so often, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you use the bathroom example, by the time you sit there and you're just like, oh, you know, I have overactive bladder because of blah, 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 but you, you peed on the floor, mm-hmm. right? And also, even if it's not something that's that urgent, like you don't want to share with this person you've never met and probably don't even know their name about like the history of your body. Mm-hmm. Why, why should you have to do that? Why can't someone just say, oh, you move the chair? Okay, cool. I got you. Right. 
But I think that also just speaks to that in addition to obviously the systemic changes that need to be made in actual tangible changes, it is also an attitude shift mm-hmm. that I think needs to be talked about more and needs to be adjusted in a major way. Yeah, I, I think, you know, as we're talking about like the larger social justice context, like one of the things that we've sort of espoused here and and talked about is like when someone tells you their story is kind of the framing we use, believe them. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone says like, I need to move this chair or I need to do X, I need to use the restroom like urgently, then you don't get to ask them a question. Mm-hmm. You don't get to argue with them. Um, let them do that thing. I think that in, in terms of the perspective shift, I think that's the biggest thing is like, take people's word for it. Mm-hmm. Like at worst case scenario is, you're like you someone's manipulating you to move a chair uh, a foot away from someone or to use the bathroom and they're going to be back in five ten minutes okay so that's like the worst case scenario if they were lying to you right that's the disruption like why is even that not okay right (laughs) it's like it's fine actually and I think it's like you know I was just saying like it's that idea of like capitalism it's also just this idea of like power and control over a situation like that people feel so compelled to hold on to so strongly this is a hill I will die on even though it wasn't really a problem for me personally but in school when you had to ask to go to the bathroom oh god right that is one of those it does not make sense that is a question that is a question no I'm going to the bathroom right like excuse me miss mister teacher whoever I'm gonna go to the bathroom okay right like why may I go to the bathroom what happened I mean you're gonna go (laughs) right like you will eventually it's it's your choice do you want this substance here in your classroom or would you like it it where it goes appropriately Right. But yeah, that whole control thing, I think, is a part of like the the questioning that people get when they ask for accommodations. It's like, well, you have to really justify why we're making this adjustment when the adjustment in and of itself isn't actually that big. Right. So calm down. Everyone calm down. <laughs> it's like really, it's really frustrating, like as not even just like as a bystander, but just as a person in general, like why don't, why can't we treat people with the kindness that they deserve like treat people with compassion if someone is saying they need something they probably need it you know how hard it is to ask for something right and what a strange thing to decide to like pull one over on someone with like the bathroom like don't worry about it like it's not your home (laughs) you know if someone knocks on the door to your personal home and says may i use your bathroom all right you can ask some questions (laughs) right If you're in a public establishment, like just let the people use the bathroom, right? Right. If someone comes in, this is another, like, granted, this wasn't an actual like health accommodation, but it was a very strange thing. Mm. Um, A couple of years ago when I was marathon training with a friend, we stopped into like a sandwich shop, essentially Mm. fast, casual restaurant. That's what they call them. Right. So walked in and she was like feeling lightheaded, like not a situation where it's a medical emergency, but she was like, you know what? Like I'm out of water. It's hotter than I thought. Like we're not, we were on a street. So we weren't near water fountains in a park. She's like, I probably can wait till we get to like a park with a water fountain. I was like, no, no, no. There's a place right there. Like, just go in. They wouldn't give her a cup of water. <laughs> My goodness. 
and she's like, she even said, she's like, you know, I have a water bottle, like you can fill it up. Can I just please like use your water? They would not like, it was a whole to do. And she like, she just needs some water, like give people water. This is a basic human need. She did not walk in and say, hello, I walked by your shore and I had a massive chocolate chip cookie craving. (laughs) Like it is water. People going to do that. Right. It's just this crazy mentality that people are like, I don't know, out to screw you or like not trustworthy. And maybe they're not like, I don't know what sinister thing she could have been doing with the water, um, selling, reselling it. I don't know. But (laughs) if someone comes in and asks for like a basic human need or just a basic accommodation that does not change anything, like give it to them with, right. you don't have to understand it. I think that's right. actually, you know, as we transition into yeah. how can you be a good ally for people in your life who this applies to, you don't have to understand why mm-hmm. nothing has made me ever not want to hang out with someone more than when people, when I, first of all, what you said was very true of like, it's very hard to ask in the first place. There are mm-hmm. a lot of situations and this is part of my personal growth where in the past I have just sucked it up and like been in pain versus having to go through this song and dance insanity because people don't respond well. Um, I am working on that, but it's very hard. And so the worst thing is when I get up the courage to say like, Hey, actually at a restaurant, I need to sit there, not there. Or do you mind if we sit at this table rather than this table? And someone is like, why? And then if, even if I say, I'm like, oh, you know, cause that, that chair will be like really uncomfortable for me. Like, well, why, what difference does it make? Uh, no, no. Right. first of all, with most people, medical conditions are not straightforward. Right. <laughs> so it's actually not just like as simple of an explanation as like, oh, well, if I walk into fire, I'll die. I don't right. know. It's more complex. And like, number one, you don't actually care more often than not. Yep. So people, even if I like start to tell somebody, they'll like glaze over. And so even if I want to tell you, you don't care. And two, I don't want to tell you. So just let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think about it too, just not from, cause we're talking about it from this like invisibility um, difference, um, inability. And I also think about that specifically when we're talking about like mental health issues too, of like, you know, people like even just having a certain seat in a a location, like a restaurant or whatever might be significantly more comfortable and might make a person feel more safe. Right. Um, And because of their history and, uh, and issues that they have that they're working through. And it's just like, why can't we just allow for that without having, you know, having to make someone disclose these very intimate details, these very personal details. Um, Yeah. Let's just take their word for it. Especially when it's, especially when you're not being incredibly inconvenienced. Right. You know, if it's not actually costing you anything, you personally, anything, then it's like, just let that happen. Right. Give people what they ask for. Right. And I think even kind of broader than that is for people close to you or people you interact with regularly, don't make them ask more than once. Right. You know, no one's perfect. But if you know, for example, and I'll continue to use myself, 
that like seating places is a problem, let them pick, ask, mm-hmm. be like, hey, is this table okay? Like, is this bench okay? Are you going to be able to sit here or should we leave and find somewhere else? Ask them. Don't just remember, right? It's not that hard. All you have to do is remember mm-hmm. that that's part of them. Mm-hmm. And keeping that in mind to say like, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to have your back. So you mm-hmm. don't have to expend the emotional energy because it's easier for the person who isn't going through it to put yeah. forth that energy. And again, no one's perfect, right? Like you're not expected to do the mental gymnastics that they have to remember every single thing, but generally speaking, right? Like again, if seating is a problem, when you walk into a restaurant, if you see that the tables are super packed together or like you mm-hmm. see that they're, you're being seated at a table that like is, is this is very much a New York City problem, like way yeah. too small to accommodate the number of people. Yeah. Pause and just be like, hey, is this okay? Right? Because then it gives them permission and an opening and a support system to say no. Right. And know that like, because one of the biggest things is that I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to. I hate burdening other people. Like that's my thing is like this, I have to deal with this. My loved ones don't like they didn't, I mean, I didn't sign up for this either, but like they, they don't have to this, they have other burdens Mm. to bear. I don't want to put that on them if I don't have to, but someone reaching out to remind me like, Hey, actually this isn't a big deal. I'm happy to support you with this. Then I, then I'm feel free. And I'm like, it's still, you know, a little weird and uncomfortable, but then I can say, you know what, actually, maybe not. Like, do you, do you mind if we wait for a better table or do you mind if we, you know, go next door or find somewhere else to eat or wherever? Um, it just makes it a lot easier and it makes it feel like someone else has their back. So remember, right. Remember just the general kind of triggers. Um, you know, if you're making a plan with somebody who, has to sit down regularly, right? Maybe can't stand for hours at a time. Like if you invite them to somewhere, like make sure that they have a place to sit when they need to. Right. Um, if it's a bathroom situation, right? Because again, a lot of chronic illnesses, that's part of the that's part of the package. Mm-hmm. Make sure that there's bathrooms, right? Like right. before, just check for them. And, and that way you can say, hey, you want to go to this thing in the park? Oh, I checked. They're going to have porta potties. No worries. Like that means everything to people who are generally exhausted having to deal with these things repeatedly, Mm -hmm. or even something like, you know, the very New York city centric example of like, Hey, you know, do you want to go to this restaurant? Like, it's really good, but like, just FYI, it's like a 15 minute walk from the subway. Like, I don't know if you're cool with that. Like, but we can always get a cab if you don't, if you aren't able to do it, Mm -hmm. just like remember what they need. And if they have to ask for something that is kind of more of the minutia and more things that don't come up very often, it might be weird and it might seem like a completely arbitrary request. Just say, okay, like don't question, don't shame, even for the weird stuff. And I think that kind of piggybacks what you said of like, just give it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, there are things like I, I've had to ask of people of like, Hey, can you just like shift an inch over or like, Hey, you're, you know, doing the leg jiggly thing people do when they're anxious or antsy and you're sitting on the same bench as me, like, can you not mm-hmm. just say, okay, because like, I promise people are not asking just because they're picky. It right, usually right. has a deeper meaning and just don't make them explain, right? Like if it's even remotely seems like it's in line with what they struggle with, give it to them. If it's a major inconvenience for you, talk about it, but more often than not, it probably isn't. Yeah. So I would just say like, that's remember and accommodate if you have to have like a tagline. Yeah. That wasn't really catchy or clever, but like, that's all. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And I would just also add, 
that um, one of the things that's just most often overlooked, no matter what the disability or where someone is on the, the spectrum of ability is that whether it is a mental health issue or not, it comes with mental health implications. Yes. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think that it's important for us to create space for people who do have whatever these, the specific challenges or concerns are, we have to give space for them to not be perfect also because when you are navigating a world that is highly ableist and which you feel like you always have to contort yourself, both like maybe sometimes physically and sometimes emotionally in order to make things work, it, it's going to have an impact on your mental health and how you show up sometimes or how you ask for things sometimes or the things that you do to adjust. And I think one thing that we can do as people who don't have that same struggle or concern is to allow some space for that too, is allow some compassion to say like, oh, it could have been a really bad day for this person. Maybe this is the eighth time today they've had to beg to use the restroom or this is, they've been forced to make some really ridiculous adjustment elsewhere. And now we have this plan and they're like crabby or in pain or whatever the situation is, is like create some space for that um, because we're not perfect people. And we are, when there are these environments and circumstances that demand so much of us unfairly, that's going to impact how we interact with the environment around us mm-hmm. um, and the people around us. And I, I think that that's one of the things that we can be more aware of as, um, as people who don't share the same struggle as that person. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like I will speak from my personal experience that more often than not, it's like, yeah, like the actual like physical pain is a problem, but like you get anybody with, with something that's chronic will tell you, you get pretty good at managing it Yeah. in like that sense. The emotional toll Mm -hmm. is what is harder more often than not for like all the things we've talked about to just the fact of like, like this again, um, it's just hard. Right. And yeah, like being in pain or feeling sick, like puts you in a crappy mood sometimes, like even if everything else is fine, like just that's something too to remember that people who, especially if they're like actively flaring in whatever condition they have, mm-hmm. or it's worse than usual, like they're starting their day at a deficit. Like, right. you know, the world is already hard and then you're adding pain to it or you're adding feeling ill to it. Um, it's not good, right? Like, and even this is somebody too, who like might be going through something that's temporary. Like maybe someone's going through cancer treatments mm-hmm. and they might look fine on the inside, but they're like throwing up everything they eat. It, it just, you're not going to be in a good mood if like you're vomiting food all the time. Yep. Um, or, you know, you feel weak and, you know, I, some of the side effects of things like that, or like your skin feels like it's on fire. It's just terrible. Right. And so, yeah, I will double down on that idea of like cut people some slack. And I think if there's ever a time, you know, you don't need to be someone's punching bag, but I think even just asking, yeah. Like again, remembering of like, Hey, like you seem a little off today. Like, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the person themselves might not even realize that like, Oh yeah. crap. Like I'm probably super irritable because actually, yeah, I'm having a really bad day today. Um, it's worse than usual. And then that can allow them to both kind of realize that someone's there to support them and open up and also just recognize that maybe they need to reset because like other people are noticing, Oh, I'm not doing well today. Okay. 
um, you know, let me take care of myself slash lean on the person who's asking for support. But if you get like snappy with them, they're not telling you anything at that point. And then Mm -hmm. you just got an annoyed person and now nobody's happy. So I think that remembering piece is just really key to, it, it is a part of everything that person does. Mm-hmm. It colors everything, even when it is seemingly unrelated. Yeah. And I think even just that piece of information, just keeping that in the back of your mind, you almost, I don't want to say that somebody's condition defines them because it doesn't. And they are a, se- a person completely separate from any type of medical or mental health diagnosis, but it does color everything they do. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a, it, you just, it's kind of like, you know, full circle. Like we talk about with the conversation about racism or homophobia or sexism, like it just colors everything they do. They can't separate their being from this experience in the world. And so even if you think like, Hey, this person's in a salty mood and I don't know, they don't, they seem fine. And they didn't mention anything was worse or nothing's going on. Like it it probably does have something to do with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially like, you know, if you notice something that like they were fine and then all of a sudden they weren't like, I wonder what change in the environment or in their person happened that maybe you didn't see. It's just a part of everything. So remember. Yeah. And uh, I think that's an excellent point. I think my my last thought um, is just to remind people to be um, to check in and ask people like if you can help. Uh, sometimes people don't want your help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the things that happens a lot, I think I find that this happens a lot more with like physical, visible disabilities is that people out of, you know, with the best of intentions infantilize people mm-hmm. um, and do things for them, even if they haven't indicated that's something that they needed. Yeah. It's, it's something I've done personally before and um, I'm sure on more than one occasion, it's something I try and be conscious of is, you know, if just asking if I could help someone or if I could do a specific thing I was thinking of doing to help them right? and taking that answer at face value. And someone says, no, like I got it, then move on. Right. right? Um, but I think, you know, it's not up to us to especially for strangers. Um, I think there might be things we do naturally for the people we're closest to that would make a lot of sense, right? But especially for people out in the world and in public that you don't know, don't assume what they need. If you want to be helpful, ask them and like, let them tell you. I think that's one of the best things that we can do too. Yeah, agreed. Thank you for listening, everyone. We hope that this was helpful and maybe something that you can use to support loved ones because like we said, it affects a lot of people. Um, Hope you will join us again for a future episode. Rate, review, subscribe, leave us some love on social media at Viva Wellness NYC and have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.